We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. I'm so, I've been so excited and looking forward to this morning because um, Toby, who's going to be coming to uh, talk to us, um, not only is just an excellent worker for compassion, but is a guy that I've known for about 14 years um, when he first arrived to Chichester, which is where um, I used to live and where he currently lives now, and is a sort of a young, fairly plump student uh, at the time. He's, he's trimmed down now. He's, he's been, he's sort of, he looked at me and thought, oh, I want to be more like Chris. And I thought, you know, he's getting there. His shirts need a bit of work, but he's, he's getting there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that he's with us here today. Um, he's just a really great gift. And I just want to encourage you that as he comes and uh, just shares with us to have your hearts opened, let your hearts be softened, let God speak to you as we hear about compassion, all the work, they're, the great work they're doing and how we can be involved in that. So should we give Toby a big centre point? Welcome. I mean, uh, thank you, Chris, for that lovely welcome. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean... We could, all, we could all do better to look a bit more like Chris, I think. Uh, some, that might be more of a challenge than others, but we'll do our best. Um, so thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Toby. I'm from the charity Compassion. A couple of my colleagues are here as well. Uh, EJ and Hannah just come to join us this morning. I'll tell you more about kind of why they're here as well. Um, so as I said, I work for Compassion. I didn't always do that. I was a secondary school teacher before um, I kind of did this, uh, working um, with high school students, which has its... Uh, pluses, um, but definitely has its challenges. Um, now, Compassion, for those of you that know, uh, are a, a child development organisation that look to help the holistic needs of the child, emotional, spiritual and economic needs and the physical needs of a child. And we do this through a one-to-one child sponsorship programme. And I know some people already in the room sponsor children with us through Compassion. Uh, and so before I do anything else, I think it's important that I say thank you so much for everything you're doing and transforming the lives of these kids. But I also know that as a church, you've had a hand in funding, at least in part, a child survival project in Kenya. And I want to say... Personally, and on behalf of everyone at Compassion, thank you so much for the difference and the transformation that those children are going to experience in those countries. And I'm going to tell you more about the work of Compassion specifically later on. Um, but a bit more about me then. So I'm originally from Bedford in Bedfordshire. As in, and weirdly, there were some people here from my home church, believe it or not. Derek and uh, Grace are here. And I used to know them many, many years ago, which totally threw me off this morning. Um, but uh, has anyone been to Bedford uh, recently? I'm so sorry. I can only apologise. Um, I mean... I don't love it. It's got John Bunyan, I guess, if that's important to you. Um, so that's where I grew up, and then I moved down to Chichester for university, which is where I met Chris, uh, and now I work for Compassion. So I have all these people here today, my mum included, from all stages of my life, which is a little bit odd, but I'll try and get on from that. Um, now, how did I come to know Compassion? Well, my church, Grace Church in Chichester, another commission church, um, have been a part of sort of working with Compassion for many, many years now. And I thought I would do a charity bike ride, as, as people do. Um, and I cycled from John O'Groats to Bognor, uh, which was a long way. I finished at Bognor mostly so I could finish at my house and I wouldn't have to cycle anymore. Um, and raised some money for uh, the child survival unit that we were funding as a church in the Philippines. And part of that was I got to go and meet my sponsored child 
out in the Philippines, um, which you'll see here. Um, I got to meet her family. That's us in the centre there. Uh, the house was very low. I was, there was a very... It's a bit of a camera trip, but I'm very much hunching um, to not hit my head. Um, and I got to meet her, and when I met her, it completely transformed what I considered poverty to be, because poverty now had a face. It had a person. It had a family. Um, and it just completely uh, changed my heart towards the, ch the child that I was already sponsoring, but also... Um, just kind of what poverty looks like and from that point I decided I needed to I needed to do something else and that eventually resided in me working for Compassion um, and that's that's where we are today um, but something else you should know about me and I think it's a very important attribute of mine is is I absolutely love to cook it's one of my favourite things. Uh, food is very important to me, as uh, Chris may have alluded to earlier, maybe a bit too important to me uh, in my earlier years. Um, but I love to have people around for dinner. Anyone else like to kind of host and have people around? Here you go. Here's a photo from my house. Um, <laughs> it's not actually my house, but I really like the banner. I definitely uh, there's a Christmas present in there somewhere. Um, and... Uh, I absolutely love to have people around. I love to cook up a curry or I love to, you know, just I, I love that kind of when the house is full and there's a smell of good food. Um, but if someone invites me around for dinner, which, which does happen, I've been invited around for lunch, but there's, oh, there's something else that goes on. It's a different thought process. I start to get a little bit stressed sometimes. You'll see why. Um, sometimes uh, these questions come into my head, you see. Now, if you say you invite me around for dinner for, say, seven... 7.30. Yeah, that's normal Christian o'clock, isn't it? 7.30. Um, and 7.30. But when I get there and the oven's not on yet and you haven't even started on the, the actual cooking, like, what time are we going to eat? Basically, what I'm trying to know is, do I actually need to eat before I come to your house and eat? Very important information. Um, and will you, as a host, also be eating? Sounds like a crazy question, but hear me out. I got invited for dinner once, and the host stood there and watched me and my wife eat. <laughs> so now I feel like I have to ask every time, which is crazy. Um, and another question, are you going to cook quiche? Because if you are, I'm not going to come. It's pretty simple. Um, which, which kind of, um, is the food going to be okay? Like, I've got some, you know, there's people who have been around their house before and I'm, I'm fairly confident that it's going to be okay. Um, but if your cooking is anything like my mum's, there's, there's things to be concerned about uh, if you invite me around for dinner. Haven't got enough time to tell you about mince and pasta, but don't mistake that with bolognese. It is not the same thing. Um, so, with all these thoughts running through my head, I wonder, has anybody ever invited you around for dinner... And then suddenly they've told you they're cooking quiche and you need to try and get out of it because you don't really want to go anymore. Well, fortunately, the Bible has a very helpful story for us uh, to help us navigate these social uh, faux pas. Um, the words will be on the screen, but if you could turn to Luke 14, if the Bible is in front of you. Um, so just to give you some context for this story, Jesus has himself been invited around for a meal. And he is sharing this story. It's a parable which is used to demonstrate God's kingdom. So it's not a, a real story necessarily, although it would have been very familiar in terms of scenario to the people he was talking to. And he's telling this story to help illustrate a point about the kingdom of God. So I'm going to start from um, 14 verse 15, uh, which is, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend the bank a banquet in the kingdom of God. 
Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. I presume he was cooking quiche at the time. Um, One said, I have bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and hide anyone you can find to come so that my house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get the smallest taste of my banquet. So, there we are. So, picture the scene. You've been invited round, you don't really want to go, and you need an excuse. Well, the three people in this story have some pretty poor excuses, even by the standards of the time, and that was the point. They weren't meant to be good. Um, The first excuse... I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Well, I don't know how many of you have bought a field recently. Um, I assume not many. Uh, But one would assume that if you're going to buy one, you may have already looked at it. I don't know if you've bought a house or a car recently, but one doesn't usually buy these things without looking at them first. I would say it was uh, a bit foolish to buy a house having never looked at it, unless you're incredibly holy and you really think, you know, that you're... You know, God's going to provide, I'm sure he will, but maybe look at the house first. Um, And so the other problem with this excuse is if he's been invited around for dinner, it would have been the evening. And I don't know what the floodlight situation was like in first century Jerusalem, but I imagine he probably wouldn't have seen a whole lot uh, in this field if that was his excuse. Now, this excuse um, we can have parallels with in our... This is actually the field is there to demonstrate his... Um, livelihood, because the field would have been farming and it would have been how they earned their money. So um, we can take that into now, our sort of culture now, which is, well, what's your livelihood? Maybe, actually, you're a bit of a workaholic. Maybe even this week you've turned down something quite important, maybe a family arrangement or maybe, uh, maybe a worship night. Maybe you turned that down because you had one too many emails to reply to. Um, and I just want to challenge you even a little bit early on in this talk that maybe your work is dominating your life and you need to have a little think about, actually, is this godly? Is this my priorities in the right place? Excuse number two. I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Well, this is to do with our material possessions. Um, So we could liken this to the latest gadget. And I wonder, for those of you, maybe you couldn't give to the offering this morning because your phone contract is too expensive. Um, Now, nothing against phones. I I love the phone that I have, and I love technology, I love gadgets, but not at the expense of my giving to God's kingdom, and not at the expense for doing good. Later in this talk, I'm not going to sort of, you know, hide it. I'm going to be offering people the chance to sponsor children. It's, at the moment, it's £25 a month. It's going to go up to £28 come April, but it starts at £25 a month. And that, for some people, might be the difference between a new phone and not. Just going to throw that out there. I'm just going to let that sit with you for a moment. And the final excuse, I just got married, so I can't come. Well, I can tell you what's happened here. I can confirm as a male I know what's happened here. He's not checked the shared calendar. That's, that's what's happened He's agreed, having not looked at the calendar, and then upon the evening, 
he's noticed, he's double booked. Uh, so don't get me wrong, don't mishear me. I think uh, this is a very good reason in many ways. Um, you know, when you're, if you're newlyweds or you're in a relationship, of course, it's important to nurture that friendship and that relationship. But again, we're talking about being a joint front in God's kingdom. It shouldn't be, well, I'm going to go to this prayer meeting and you have to stay at home. Obviously, childcare is a different thing. But I'm talking about, you know, are you doing this together? Are you attending church together? Are you leading a group together? How are you doing this as a couple? Maybe you've got a new relationship going on with... Um, someone that isn't a churchgoer or, or you're in that position. Um, I just want to challenge you even this morning. Is that something that you can do together, united? Um, is easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up? So a few challenges here already. I know some people are thinking, who's this guy coming along telling me how to live my life? Um, but yeah, so uh, three excuses, not amazing. Um, and the result of these three people that make excuses, Jesus says it at the end, he said, none of the people who I first invited will be a part of my banquet. Now, this is could be taken literally, the people that declined the invitation didn't get any meal, but this, as I said, it is a parable. It's about demonstrating God's kingdom to us and to us today. So um, in this story, those people that didn't accept Jesus' invitation to eat at the table that is the kingdom of God, they are missing out. And you know, there are people out there now who are missing out on God's kingdom. There are people even out there in this city today, even, you know, even out in the foyer working for the cinema that are missing God's kingdom. And it's right here. Um, And I want to encourage you that we, as God's people, are called to go and get them. We are represented in this story as God's children by the servant. When Jesus says, go and get them. He doesn't say, write a, uh, you know, a tweet that they can come to. He says, go and get them. Go to the alleys and get the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And those four words um, could again be taken literally, but actually they're talking about all people. That's what Jesus' point was. It wasn't literally just the crippled, the poor, the blind and the lame. He's, he's having a list of, of people. He's not, it's not an exclusive list. It's just the beginning. He's saying that the kingdom of God is for all people and it is your job to go and get them. And even now as I come here to Senate Point, and I've spoken to Chris many times, and I know there are people here just trying to get people in to hear the gospel of truth, and that's so good. Um, and I want to encourage you to keep doing that. It says in Proverbs 3, 27, 28, Do not withhold good from those for whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. You already have the truth of the gospel with you. Already, today, right now. You've heard it today already. You've sung it in There is a Redeemer. What a banger, by the way. I haven't heard that in a while. Who did that? Who picked that this morning? There is a Redeemer. Top. Great tune. Um, So, just as we um, kind of explore that, this is a story about evangelism and about going, but compassion, the charity, is in the business of evangelism. You might be thinking, well, how does that work? Well, you might not be able to go to Kenya. You might not be able to go to one of the 25 poorest countries that we work in. But by sponsoring a child, you are allowing them to hear the kingdom of God. 
in their country, in their nation. Because part of the thing that they are given, they are given spiritual guidance, they are go to church on a Saturday, they um, get given Bibles, they do Bible studies together. It's like the craziest version of Sunday school that you can ever imagine. Um, that these kids get to go and enjoy together, as among being fed and other things. And um, by sponsoring a child, you are doing what you are called to do as God's servant, in that you are going to the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, and you are inviting them into God's kingdom. And I think that, obviously, compassion is a way you can do that, but you're already doing stuff. It's not as if, you know, I'm not coming telling you how to do church, but I want to challenge you this morning as, as we move into the sort of where I share a bit more about compassion and what compassion does. Um, but there's, there's something that can be done here that is in line with God's heart for the poor, but in line with God's heart for his church. And I just want to remind you, I said it earlier, but I just want to come back to the point where I said, the kingdom of God is for everyone. And just have that in your mind. Yes, we can often think about, well, the kingdom of God is for the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. But the kingdom of God is for everyone. That means the rich as well. Do you know there's no one that needs Jesus any more or less than you did or do? No one. No one needs him more or less. That includes these kids in these projects. And that includes the guy that you share your commute into London with. That includes the person you're going to hand the leaflet to to invite them to carols. That it, they need Jesus just as much as you. And I want to remind you of that just as we move into this next section. So, compassion then. Well, we are in the business of ministering to the poor in Kenya, among many other countries. And I've had the joy and the privilege of working for them for over a year. And I've had the joy and the privilege of going to the field more than one occasion. I've been to the Philippines and Uganda. And I want to share with you some testimonies and some stories about um, kind of what that looks like and how the work is transforming lives and um, how you can be a part of that as well. I know as a church you already are. Um, but just as we move into the next section, I'm going to show you a video which is just going to nicely transition. This is a man called Richmond who I've... He's an amazing person. I've actually got to meet him. I'm not going to tell you too much about him because I think um, he speaks for himself much better than I could. So let's have a go, see if that works. Oh, okay, gone back. Would you be able to chuck the video on when you? When I was eight years old, my father was taken away from us, and by that I mean he was murdered. Nothing was the same for me. News began to come to our doorstep. From our landlord, we got word that we couldn't stay in the house that we stayed anymore because we couldn't afford it. My mother had no job. My father was the only breadwinner. We moved from where we stayed to a place called Naguru Kasenke, which is one of Uganda's largest slums. And then I was introduced to our new home, which was a 12 by 12 room. I looked up on the roof. It was a tin roof that had holes in it. I've been to places where when it rains, people are happy. They get excited. But for me growing up, whenever it rained, 
That was a night that we would stay standing. Get little buckets placed just where the holes in the roof are and wait until morning. A reality hit me that day. This was life. I remember when my mom said to us there was no money for food. That ushered us into a place where we were now going to begin to go to the street to fend for food. Hunger began to set in. Lack of water. I was a kid. I, I didn't have time to be a child anymore. As I lived like this on a daily basis, poverty began to speak to me as a child. I felt I was nothing. I didn't matter. Nobody cared to know my name. I think the best way I could describe who I was and what I thought is the word hopeless. My mother, in tears, uh, approached one of her friends just to share with her friend, and her friend shared with her about compassion. Compassion staff members immediately came to our home. Uh, I remember them coming with uh, just uh, files to, to, to get details of who we were, what our story was. I got the news that a young lady, Heather, she was 15 years old, a teenager. She had decided to sponsor me. I cannot find the words to describe the joy that filled our home when we got the news. Richmond, you've got a sponsor which means you can now go back to school. It means food will be given to us because of you. I began to walk into that reality that ushered in me an opportunity to rekindle this hope that was taken away. Heather began to write to me. To hear words like, Richmond, I love you. Richmond, I'm praying for you. They began to bring healing into places that were destroyed by voices and poverty and my self-image. I remember my day, June the 3rd, 1996. I walked forward to accept the Lord Jesus in my heart. I began to feel, wow, I have been released from poverty. I have been released. God began to continue to grow the leadership within me. And then I felt fully called to pursue pastoral ministry. I began the Pastors Discipleship Network, a ministry that exists to train and equip pastors. And I spend a lot of my life training and equipping pastors in the Word of God. Looking back into my life and thinking where I am right now and what I'm doing, I don't think any of this would have been possible without compassion. Compassion works. Everything that was placed within the program has helped build me to who I am right now. Poverty is not just the lack of money, the lack of material, food and water. Poverty is in, it's deep. I credit a lot of how I feel now about myself to those letters that I received from my sponsor. My name is Richmond Wandera and I was released from poverty in Jesus' name.
Isn't that an amazing story? Um, yeah. Um, that's one story. Compassion sponsors over 2 million children across the world as an international charity. And there are many more like that. He's tra- genuinely transforming Uganda for, you know, because what's happening is he's, he's now training pastors and training uh, disciples. So I know that me and, uh, and Phil, for example, I know Phil's here somewhere. I think he was, uh, there he is. Uh, we've done uh, foundations, Chris as well, and some others. And we've, we're being trained in this country to help uh, bring, bring God's word and study and understand the Bible well. He is doing that in Uganda to hundreds now of African pastors who are being trained to share the gospel. I talked about the great banquet and how we're called to share the gospel. That's it. And, you know, that 15-year-old girl, there's no limit here. There's no, you know, lower limit or upper limit. Anyone can sponsor, you know. And she was 15 years old and funded it with a Saturday job. And look at him now. Amazing. £25. Back then, it wasn't even £25 a month. It was less than that. Um, and it's genuinely transforming. I've got a little, uh, a little girl here. She's five years old in Kenya. This is, this is Nelly. Not to be mistaken with the R&B singer from the 90s. Um, and uh, this, uh, this little girl, I want to tell you a bit about her. She lives with her mum and dad. Uh, she loves to play with ball games. She's got two kids in the family. Um, and just looking ahead. Um, so she lives... In, Nairobi is the nearest big place, so most people will have heard of Nairobi. Um, and she's available to be sponsored, even now, this very uh, child. Is there anyone, just even as they watch that video, just feeling like that's something they could do. You can just put your hand up. I can just give you this profile here and now. Um, that was my mum. She's already sponsored one this morning. Uh, she sponsored little Alvin. Um, anybody? I'm going to, you know, if, if you change your mind, even as the morning goes on, you um, just come grab it. I can give this to you anytime. Um, and uh, so that's one kid. But there was another person I met, this gentleman back. And we talk about Richmond, and it's quite a big, remarkable story. But this is a little bit smaller but no less remarkable. That guy in the middle there, you'll see he's with uh, two kids on the left who are his children, and they've got school uniforms on because Compassion's now supporting and helping that family, but that wasn't always the case. Um, he, that's his house behind him. He is a single dad. The mum sort of went off and moved on to better prospects uh, when the kids were very young, and um, so he's looking after them. He's an unskilled labourer. Um, so was really struggling to find work. Many people know that in those countries you can, you basically just have to hope that you get the work and if you don't, that's it, you're not paid. Um, now you'll notice that they're not the only people in the photo. There's a teenager there behind him with a little baby in his arms. They're not his, um, but he saw her pregnant as a result of an assault in Africa and he chose to look after her. We talk about generosity in this country um, but generosity, usually we have the means to be generous, don't we? If I, um, you know, bought my wife a new coat, I can probably, aff- you know, I can do that. I can afford to live within my means. But this is the nature of compassion, is to look after a teenager who's pregnant when you have no means to do it. That's the gen- that is the definition of generosity. That's the definition of sacrificial giving. Um, and remarkably, Compassion sort of took note of this particular instance and showed to support that family. The last time I checked, that dad was taking his two kids down to the project on a Saturday to learn how to do skilled paving work on the church's building project. So he, as a non-Christian, is being provided work by the, ch- by the church 
hearing the gospel, that he then is more skilled to then go and do more work in the community later on. It's not Richmond. He's not transforming hundreds of pastors, um, and he's you, you know, not doing that, but actually his life is transformed and the life of his children are transformed, and that is one less family that's going to be stuck in poverty. Isn't that amazing? And the saddest thing about that story, actually, I, have, I cannot remember that guy's name. And it always, whenever I see his photo, I also bad that I can never sort of remember who he is. But, but he, he kind of, in that sense, uh, we talk about remembrance. He kind of, I always remember him in that way because uh, he had such an impact on me when I was there. But now we can make it even more personal. I want to introduce you to this little lad, Stephen. He's one of my sponsored kids. I sponsored two. Um, this is Stephen. Uh, he's got another name by the name of Kofi, which coincidentally is just like um, the word for Wednesday, I think, or something. It's just they have nicknames based on the day they were born, uh, which I think is a bit bizarre. But, you know, <laughs> um, I can only imagine in my classroom at school, if you went by your nickname your day you were born and someone says Saturday and like 20 kids put their hand up. Um, but anyway, so there you go. There he is. And you can see he's written a letter to me semi-recently. Um, so that was last year, last May. He's written more since. Um, but so I thank you for the gift you gave me. Thank you for the support and the care and the letter you sent me. May God bless you. Attached as a picture... He was holding a cheque as well in that you can't see it on the photo so well. But he bought some supplies and stuff for school. Um, so many schools, uh, many countries we work in, school isn't free. Sometimes it is, but they have to have all the supplies. So the money you give helps support them and it gets them their supplies for school. And this little girl, now you remember her from the beginning. This is Giselle Dela Cruz, great name. Um, and uh, she's from the Philippines. And this is the little girl that I met and I've been sponsoring for a few years now. And there's a letter, the bottom right letter is a letter she wrote me kind of earlier on in, in the sponsorship where we sent her, I think it was like £20 or something, it wasn't a lot. Um, and she said, thank you for the gift worth 1,632 and four pesos, I think, um, and bought the groceries and some shoes. There you go, pretty important stuff, groceries and shoes. Um, I'm happy to see your picture you sent, because you can send pictures of yourself so they know who they're talking to. Um, and... And that one up top, which may have you, you may have kind of read as you were, um, kind of as I was reading the first one, is that this was after I got the privilege of meeting her and I took her address and some colouring books and stuff. And she said, hi, thank you for the gift you bought. Yes, I really like it. When I'm at home, I do colouring and I always wear the dress because I love it. I'm happy that we meet and I have lots of happy memories together with you. Thank you for everything. I love you. Love, Giselle. Isn't that the cutest? It just melts your heart, doesn't it? Uh, and she drew a little picture of me and her down there on the left, um, even to the point where she included the hat I was wearing. It's sort of a real eye for detail. I think she's, she's seven years old. Uh, I, I think that's pretty incredible. I know 10-year-olds uh, that have worse... I know 31-year-olds that have worse writing than her. Um, so, you know, isn't that just remarkable? Doesn't that just melt your heart? And, just, um, and, you know, you can make a difference to a child's life in the same way even today. You can do that for £25. I said it's going up to 28 in April. But um, actually, for most people that I've spoken to, you, and you say it's £25 a month, if I see them a year later and said, what did you have to give up for that? Nothing. What's £25 to you or I in Surrey and in Sussex? That's, what, a few costas a week? It's dinner out at ZZ's? It's not a lot. Not really. And, and I, actually, I appreciate that for some people, £25 a month is a lot. And so please don't mishear me. I'm not trying to um, kind of comment on the, the, a difficult situation you're in. But actually, all of us, students, adults, 
£25 a month is not a huge pull. And look, if I said to you, I can take you out for dinner or you can change the life of a child for a lifetime, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Unless you really, really like dinner. <laughs> now, of course, I'm, gonna, I'm offering people the chance to sponsor, but, but to bring this all together, you are called, we are called as Christians to go and take the word of God to the people that need it. And as I said to you earlier, everybody needs the word of God just the same as everybody else. That includes these kids in another country. And maybe you're not going to be able to get up and travel to Kenya tomorrow morning. Maybe you're not going to be able to go and preach the gospel uh, in the far reaches of the world. But you can preach the gospel to a child by writing them letters and letting them know that you're praying for them and that you love them. And that there is somebody in the world showing God's grace to a child. Because these kids, they don't... They need your help, but they, don't, they haven't earned it from you. So it's a picture of God's grace, undeserved, freely given, that we can change and transform the life of a child. So me and my two colleagues, we're going to be out the front by the coffee area. We've got some more profiles like little Nelly here. Um, and all you have to do, you know what, there's a number you can text. We're pretty up and modern here. You can scan a QR code and you can just be setting up your sponsorship right there and then. And the 4G is really good out the front, so you're doing all right. Um, come and speak to us. If you've got any questions, do come and have a chat. And I know that at Centre Point Church, you can be transforming the lives of children in Kenya. All right, I'm going to land it there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Toby. It's uh, always so helpful just hearing and seeing the work of compassion. And, I, you know, as a church, we are in such a privileged position to be able to do so much in Kenya already. You know, we already su uh, support a uh, safe house um, for, for children in a place called Kabira in Kenya um, last Christmas. And uh, we'll do the same this Christmas. We were able to raise money at our Christmas carol services for a child survival unit. And now we're adding this third area where we can, uh, individuals across our church can individuals support people in Kenya. And our hope is that in the next few years, what I'd love us to do is be able to do a trip out there so that we can go and see, you can see the individual children you sponsor, the child survival unit and the Kibera safe house. And so we're kind of, the reason why Toby's come and focused on Kenya for us today is because that's where we, we just, as a church, that's where our heart is just seemed to have been aligned. And I know already, like, you know, me and Catherine, we sponsor children in other places and I know the people here sponsor children in other places. And, and yeah, if today... Just hearing, hearing that, seeing what's going on there in Kenya, you feel stirred. I, want to, I do want to encourage you to go and speak to these guys uh, and find out more about what you can do. But for now, why don't, let's stand together. Let's stand, shall we? I'd love us to just take a moment to do business with God, to, to worship and to kind of lay, you know, for all of us, there'll be, there'll be things on our minds, you know, and... Uh, things that we're battling with thinking about what does this mean for me and you know the best place to come with those questions is the foot of the cross when we want to consider what does this mean for me what does this what's this going to cost me well let's come to Jesus let's come to him and let's worship him and let's speak to him and ask him to reveal to us what is our role what can we do today we're going to worship he's a wonderful God he's so gracious and he's so compassionate and he is so kind and he's so loving to us. And he's, so, he's just so merciful to us 
that we can come into his presence. You know, we don't have to earn our way. He loves you, every single one of you, just as we heard this morning. So we're going to come to him and worship him. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.